0: John Dix was a surgeon who wrote a book about the poet Thomas Chatterton, and in honor of the subject of his biography, he named his son after Chatterton. His son was William Chatterton Dix. Uh, William grew up in Bristol, spent most of his time in Glasgow, where he became a manager of a maritime uh, insurance company. When he was 29 years old, William became very sick. Uh, He was uh, bedridden, um, and he suffered not just physically, but emotionally um, and mentally as well. But during this time, God began to lift his countenance, and there was a kind of spiritual revival, as it were. Uh, William read through the scriptures. He began to write about the church, and he also wrote hymns and carols, hymns being poems usually taken from the Psalms, and, and carols are festive songs for Advent, Christmas, and, and Easter season. One carol, written by William Dix, you might recognize. What child is this who laid to rest? On Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch are keeping. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come peasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. This, this is Christ the king whose shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. Laud is a word meaning praise or or, or glory. The babe, the King of Kings, is certainly worthy of laud, right? Now, not everyone sees it this way. I mean, think of it. The Messiah, the King of Kings, is announced by an angel, presented to the world as Emmanuel, God with us, delivered a miraculous birth and yet Herod sought to snuff him out by killing thousands of babies in the region now did this baby or any of the other babies deserve such treatment did this baby possess some kind of disease to wipe out the population no I mean how dangerous can a baby be the world did not know him. You know, famous people often tell a similar story that when somebody runs into him on the street and they'll say, um, you're, uh, you're, and then when the famous person tells them, they'll go, no, 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 that's not it. Um, it's, okay. <laughs> and, and you hear that often. John says of Jesus, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And even when Jesus identified who he was, the Son of God, the response, was not a welcome recognition. What was it? It was eventually a crucifixion. Author and pastor Eugene Peterson wrote this. 1,800 years or so of Hebrew history capped by a full exposition of Jesus Christ tell us that God's revelation of himself is rejected far more than it is accepted, is dismissed by far more people than embrace it, and has been either attacked or ignored by every major culture or civilization in which it has given its witness. Magnificent Egypt, fierce Assyria, beautiful Babylon, artistic Greece, political Rome, Enlightenment France, Nazi Germany, Renaissance Italy, Marxist Russia, Maoist China, and Pursuit of Happiness, America. The community of God's people has survived in all of these cultures and civilizations, but always as a minority, always marginal to the mainstream, never statistically significant, End quote. There's a passage that kind of gives this story, and it's a scene from... Jesus detractors who are conspiring during the, right before the crucifixion. It's after the crucifixion, excuse me. And it says this. Here's the scenario. The next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how the imposter said, While he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he's risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go make it secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone, and setting a guard. We saw it then, and we see it today. Religion working overtime to avoid the scandal of a supernatural Jesus. People reject the God who has revealed himself as he is. Uh, he's, he's too fantastic for the rational mind. He's too uncomfortable for our easy religion. His presence to be the solution to sin is, is too revealing for our fleshly parts. Some would rather see him buried than face him alive. But here is the pesky problem about a man who is also God. You can't keep a good Messiah down. (laughs) If crucifixion and armed guards can't keep him hidden, progressive, moralistic religiosity won't do the trick. You cannot box true divinity in a nice compartment to make him acceptable to the masses. Author Michael Reeves said, what is your Christian life like? What is the shape of your gospel, your faith? In the end, it will all depend on what you think God is like. Who God is drives everything. So what is the human problem? Is it merely that we have strayed from a moral code or is it something worse that we have strayed from him? What is salvation? Is it merely that we are brought back as law-abiding citizens or is it something better that we are brought back as beloved children? What is the Christian life about? Mere behavior or something deeper, enjoying God? And then there's what our churches are like, our marriages, our relationships, our mission, are all mold, molded in the deepest way by what we think of God. End quote. Is there any thought that humans have that are more important than what we think of God? J.I. Packer once wrote, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. we got a lot of people going around thinking they understand God and they understand Christianity, and they reject that. But I'm here to tell you, with a number of people that I see like that, they have an image of God that is not the image of the Bible. They have an idea of Christianity based upon a prior experience It's not the Christianity I know of. Famed atheist philosopher Nietzsche understood if you displace God, if you, in his words, kill him, then everything changes. Nietzsche understood this. Nothing absolutely nothing stays the same when Nietzsche says, God is dead. Most pointedly, there is no moral stability to the universe. And I'll submit the same thing happens, just like in atheism, is when you just do this in increments and you first dumb down God. There is an acceptability to many Christian establishments as long as our view of God does not resemble the God of the Bible as revealed in Christ. As long as people strip away the passages that seem too strict, too uncomfortable, so they can find God acceptable. But if we strip God from who he is as he's revealed himself through both Testaments and in Christ, we cease to understand what it means to be made in the image of God. We cease to understand the wisdom and the love of his moral order that flows out of his character. I mean, we can create our own standard and even our own Bible passages that we pick. Some reject others to make it more appealing. I mean, listen, we we can understand this even on a micro level. I mean, if you think that your spouse is untrustworthy, if you think your spouse is a liar, how will that impact your marriage? The view of that person of their character directly impacts your relationship with them. Right? And listen, here is an odd thing about being human beings. We are often misunderstood, right? How many people have you had in your life that think you're one thing and you're not? I just got a wonderful text this morning that said, I do not trust you. It's from an extended family member. Hurtful, yes. And why? Well, because truth was spoken in a situation. The person was hurt. Not intentionally, but therefore, I can't trust you. Now, here's my point. If this happens all the time in our human relationships with people we see, how often does it happen with a God we do not see? How often do we make presuppositions about who God is that have nothing close to who he really is? I'd submit to you it happens all the time. in the case of God, the reality of who God is, who God has revealed himself to be, has to dictate our view, not our own fancy, not our own whims. I mean, most people, I shouldn't say most, many within the tent of Christianity opt for a view of God that is best described as moral, therapeutic deism. Moral implies that, um, you know, God just wants us to be nice, tolerant. He rewards the good he withholds from the bad people, okay? Therapeutic means that God wants us to be happy. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that from people when confronted with the truth, God just wants me to be happy. I hate to burst your bubble, but often my Christian life is not that way because it involves hard things, hard conversations, difficult passages to to wade through, situations that are really hard. And that's why it just galls me when Christianity is portrayed as this happy-go-lucky, everybody's healed, everybody's fine, let's raise hands. And there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself, but when the idea is that this is a picture of the Christian life 24-7. It's like, wow, I'm in another universe. That's not my Christian life. Now, I don't live always with a long face like I'm sucking soup out of a Coke bottle, but I live with great joy, but it's not always happy. There are struggles, right? And I think, as I look at how God was responding to people in the Bible, you you see a reflection of that, right? So this moral therapeutic and uh, idea that God just wants us to be happy, and then deism means that God is distant, not involved in our daily lives. God may get involved occasionally, but on the whole, God functions not as a personal being being actively present in our world, but just, just a thing out there. So here's the question for the day. What child is this? Are we like the religionists in Jesus' day, conspiring to make sure we don't see a Jesus foretold in the Old Testament quoting by the way Jesus quoted the old testament consistently throughout the gospels <laughs> have we dumbed god down to a moral therapeutic deistic kind of god is jesus just a tolerant milk toast man loving everyone tolerant of everyone, wearing his rainbow flag with no sense of the transcendent or holy. Is that the God or Jesus of the New Testament? You know, one of the marvels of our age is our ability to customize our music to whatever style or genre or type we like in the moment this illustration will be particularly meaningful to those who remember the eight track, okay? <laughs> Whether we use Pandora, iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon with just a click, you can judge or accept or ignore any song to your liking to fit your mood to fit your needs. If I tire of Bob Dylan, I can quickly try some Led Zeppelin. I can work out with the Black Keys. Or if I'm in the mood, George Harrison. Whatever I feel like, I can satisfy my itch within a millisecond. I don't think I'm being too cynical to say that much of American Christianity is customizing God and the Bible to fit our needs and desires. Listen, you have 400 churches to choose from in this area. God bless them. But it's not the number of churches that's the problem. It's the lack of an objective view of God that just leaves us to our own whims. How can I shave off all the noise and see a God that really is and read the Bible for what it really is and be transformed by the Spirit? How can that happen? I mean, let's face it. We like 1 Corinthians 13 that talks on love. We don't like 1 Corinthians 11 that talks about women. We like the book of Joshua where God delivered the Israelites out of the promised land. We don't like the other parts of Joshua where he told Joshua to get rid of the alien people in the promised land. We like Jesus Baby in the manger. We don't like the Jesus who told the adulteress to quit behaving that way. We tailor and customize our view of God and the Bible. It's like we have our own app on God, sorting through and processing the biblical data to say, okay, I'm gonna download this part That's useful to modern society in my rational mind. But this other part, I'm embarrassed. I'm even ashamed. No thank you. I mean, listen, there are countless options to choose from, right? And if I were Satan, I'd probably do the same thing. I would just confuse people so that they can't identify the real thing or They're just so tired or lazy to find out who God really is. Now, this might leave us with a sense of hopelessness, but I'm not hopeless about this because I really don't think that we have to be subject to all the options that are out there and therefore, because we have all these options, that means that nothing objective exists. I don't buy that. You know, just because there are 20 answers on the board for an answer to a math question doesn't mean there is no right one that exists. So just because there's a variety of options doesn't mean there's nothing objective to know about this God. The words of Jesus, I think, offer some hope where he said this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until I say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We miss the genuine revelation of Jesus Not because he has, you know, somehow hidden himself. Not because we don't have enough information. But what's it say? You are not willing. We have chosen to reject or ignore him. In Israel's case, they opted for a controllable, static, legalistic religion than a living, abiding, raising from the dead Messiah. When I see culture that rejects God, rejects moral standards, rejects reality, rejects science of the creation, I'm reminded that men still guard tombs to cover up resurrected Messiahs. There is a God who is, a resurrected Jesus. There's a gospel that sends out a clarion call, but we're reminded, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. What child is this? I think it best be answered, by first asking, what God is this? Michael Horton wrote The God of the Bible is a strange God, not the kind of God we can manage, manipulate, accommodate, or domesticate to our familiar experience. When God actually confronts us, our speculations are exposed as idols, our experiences judged as little more than a projection of ourselves, and our felt needs give way to more pressing needs that we did not even realize that we had. Maybe it's not as hard to tell who is God and what is an idol. Because you know what? An idol will always agree with you. An idol will always say what you want it to say. And an idol will ultimately bore you and will never inspire you to worship. The real God is different. There is a fundamental characteristic to the nature of God that we're going to talk about next week that I think moves us in profound ways to know him. And if we miss who he is, I think we're going to end up with some kind of variation of God, little g. It'll leave us woefully lacking in our worship. Woefully lacking with motivation in our Christian life. Consider most of the conflicts you have with people. Is it not because the other person believes a version of who you are or you have a version of what the other person is that does not align with reality. And it's only with communication, coming together, face to face, where you can finally see that maybe I didn't see it as it really is. But that's why a lot of our relationships don't get solved because we're unwilling to have those difficult situations. We just don't even wanna traffic, we avoid that. We don't wanna traffic through the conversation. It's too painful, it's too hard. I'd rather have the separation. And that's the way it is with God. People just don't want to be exposed. Past hurts, experiences, cause us to project on God, causes us to project on other people. Too hard. Maybe even just too lazy. Besides, you know what? Sports Center comes on in five minutes. I just don't have time for this. The game's on, right? When we do this with God, it has a devastating impact. I know what God is not. I think I can say this with a pretty good degree of confidence that God is not a carnival barker heading up a three ring circus so that we are all entertained. I don't think that's God. He is not a closed-off, angry patriarch, so insecure that he pines for our praise. I don't think that's who God is. He's not some solitary God far off in a distant way, but only showing up every now and then to play whack-a-mole on our heads. I don't think that's God. He's not a genie in a bottle. That if we ask enough, with just the right words, we will get our request. I don't think that explains God either. Today, I just want to paint a picture of our need, our desperateness to know God as he truly is. To be still long enough to listen, to look, to hear, to learn. I usually don't like closing a sermon this way. Many of you are just glad that I said closing a sermon, but I get it. Um, But I'm going to throw out to you questions for application. This is not just for you to, you know, read today. You'll find this on our app for the sermon notes. I want you to ponder these questions when you get home. Your time alone with the Lord, you might even use them for your life group. Here's some to think about. How will I know if I'm worshiping God as revealed in the scriptures or some American religious version? What passages of the Bible are uncomfortable for me What ones do I ignore or reject outright? What price do I pay in my Christian life when I create a God in my own image? What am I particularly attracted to or turned off by within the American church? And what does that say about my spiritual values? And are these a reflection of true biblical thoughts or something else? And then what would need to change for you to have a more reality-based view of God, a more biblically aligned view of God? These are worth considering. So I'm going to ask that you prayerfully think about this.